theater cop. Just cuddle close. Let my lips caress your loveliness. Oh, my love. Oh, my pet. I can't go on sharing you. I can't. I can't. I can't. Caress your loveliness. Are you crazy or something? That was the scene we were rehearsing from his picture. Oh, one of my, my new picture. Your picture. Yes, my... Ah, a likely story. <laughs> I wonder if Ruta Lee remembers that scene. Hi, Ruta. Boy, oh boy, do I remember, Steve. And what a beautiful Sunday delight for me to be able to speak with you again and with all of Chicago. Thank you. Oh, no, 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 no. It is our delight to speak with you. Let's remind people what that scene was and why it was so different, if you will, of the 200-plus appearances you have made and continue to make on TV. You're missing one zero. It's over 2,000. What? Yes, yes. What? No way. Totally amazing. But let me tell you that that particular scene happened to be one of my very favorite things ever in all of the work that I've done in movies and television. Why? And why? Because it was so unbelievably funny with Milton Berle and Lucy that I literally peed my pants during the scene, <laughs> laughing so hard that I, I couldn't stand it. So I, I suggest that anybody, if they're watching Lucy reruns, that they watch this visit with Milton Berle and myself. It was a, just such fun. And you can find all of those things and anything we're talking about today, likely on YouTube. Uh, and in this scene, what happened, as I recall, is that... Uh, Lucy was concerned that you were having an affair with Milton Berle. And she said to Milton Berle, can I toss the salad? And Milton Berle said, of course. And she put the salad over his head. And then he did what Milton Berle does, all the shtick. And the salad was falling off his glasses and falling into his mouth. And before long, everyone, including Lucy, and she never did this, was, was cracking up. Oh, absolutely. Milton literally reached up with two fingers and made like windshield wipers on his glasses that had Thousand Island <laughs> down them. Uh, it, it was just so remarkable. Of course, the scene all takes place all by mistake because she hears on the intercom this dialogue that we were trying to see if it would work for an upcoming movie that Milton was making. And, of course, she misinterprets and the usual Lucy kind of stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. But what, what a joy to work with Lucille Ball. And better than to work with her, Steve, was to have her as a friend. She was so wonderful with me. She never turned me down whenever I needed her for something. I, I asked her to be the honoree at the Thalians, which, you know, Debbie Reynolds and I were the head mothers of for 60 years, uh, and, and she did that. When I asked her to do something for the City of Hope, she did that. When I asked her to do something for diabetic research, she did that. L Lucy was a wonderful friend. If she loved you, boy, you, you had a friend for life, and I'm proud to say that... Uh, I'm going to go to my grave thinking about how lucky I was to have known her, to have worked with her, to have played with her and laughed with her. Well, you mentioned the Thalians, but we didn't 
say what the Thalians does. What does the Thalians... Ah. So if you live in Hollywood, you know what I'm talking about. But if you don't, you might not. So explain. That's true. Thank God we have become an international charity as far as that goes. But a lot of years ago, almost 70 years ago, a group of young actors decided they got tired of being called pot-smoking, hard-drinking, sex-minded idiots that had nothing to contribute. So they decided that they get together anyway to party around, you know, sing around the piano. Let's put something together, sell tickets, and make some money for a charity. Uh And they sent out Jane Mansfield and Mamie Van Dorn, two very large-breasted ladies, I must say, to find a good charity, and they came back to the meeting and said, well, all the good diseases have been taken. (laughs) (laughs) But they found um, a doctor that was dealing with emotionally disturbed children, which he described as a a rotten apple in a barrel of apples, and it'll infect the entire barrel unless you take care of it. And therefore, Thalians was born, and we started uh, supporting that charity and built the first building at the big Cedar sinai complex in Los Angeles and the Thalians Community Mental Health Center. And then after about 50-some-odd years had gone by, we noticed that we were missing the boat on something, and that is that we were not responding to the needs of those beautiful young people that put our lives on the line, their lives on the line for us no matter what hellhole we send them to in the world. Mm. Our military were coming back and slipping through the cracks when it came to good mental health. And so we teamed up with UCLA and Operation MEND, and Op MEND heals the broken and fractured bodies of these service people, and we Thalians are working very hard to restore the beautiful broken mind and spirit of these people. You know, it would be interesting because I know you're an animal lover, so you'll understand everything I'm about to say. There's an organization called Canines for Warriors. Oh, yes. You're familiar with them? Oh, yes. I've supported them. Okay. So I I began. So for those who don't know, you know, but for those who don't know, I need to explain. What they do is they take dogs that are destined at shelters to be euthanized, take those dogs, transform those dogs into working service dogs for our veterans who come back in record number with post-traumatic stress disorder syndrome, saving lives at both ends of the leash. Quite literally, the suicide rate among veterans is about 20 plus a day. But with the dog, with the service dog, it's it's what the general population is. Yes. Uh, I salute you and everybody involved in putting this together and making it an ongoing, working team of people. Uh, Just may God keep smiling on you. Well, uh, hell, I hope God keeps smiling on all of America. Sometimes we don't deserve it, but... uh, Well, I want to ask you about that. By the way, this organization, I've interviewed them. I'm not involved in the organization. You were part of it. No, no, no. I've got the feeling that you're so uh, indebted to them, I think, like we all are, that it felt like you were part of it. Oh, thank you. Our newsroom has a question for you, actually. So, Yes, that question is, everyone seems to be running for public office. Are you going to be running for president of the United States, Rudely? We want the announcement on WGN right here. Believe me, my announcement is 
Absolutely not. <laughs> I do not envy anybody who goes into public office. We have become such a nation of criticism. Nobody can please everybody all of the time, let's face it. But, oh, my God, we, we get so proud of people for 10 minutes, and then there's something in our human nature that seems to want to tear everything down. You start looking for fault in everything. And I, I keep thinking, what human being is there on this earth that could run for public office and not be scrutinized so that there is nothing found in their background? If there is nothing found in their background, they have to be the dullest people in the world and you don't want them. <laughs> well, you just celebrated a very important birthday just days ago. So happy birthday to you. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. I, I just keep saying I am now of an age as the keys on my piano. There are 88 of them. <laughs> Well, you don't sound it and you don't seem it, but I'll tell you, you are, I want to say this in the nicest way, and I mean this with all all due respect, there aren't many folks from old Hollywood who can talk about old Hollywood because they were there. Well, there there aren't many because they're all gone. Yeah. Practically the only one left. My husband, God rest his soul, used to say, the reason you keep doing those biography films, you know, I've done probably 12 or 15 of them, uh, is, is that you're the only one left alive that knew everybody and knows how to talk about them. And, um, you know, I, I'm 88, but I feel 28, let's put it that way, and God has blessed me with tremendous energy. Uh, sometimes I think it might be a curse instead of a blessing. But uh, it has really worked for me and has kept me, uh, I think, way, 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 way under the years that I really am. Well, Age is just a number, and my number is unlisted. <laughs> well, you wrote a book about all of those folks. It's a, a book called Consider Your Ass Kissed, and you write about some of those folks in Hollywood that you knew and that you worked with. If it's okay with Ms. Rudalee, when we come back, we'll talk about, I don't know, Tyrone Power and Fred Astaire, Frank Sinatra, and so many others. That okay? You bet. All right. We'll dish just between us, right? You bet. Just between us and a few hundred thousand. That's all. On WGN. And then I'll even find you some of your favorite music and play it on your old Victrola. Something like, uh, Come to the Wildwood Church. Other such red-hot toe-tapping numbers. Oh, I knew you were old, Harmon. I just didn't know how old. (laughs) You better be careful, Big Daddy, because if you ever take me to a swinging weekend in Egypt, I just may run away with a mummy. Picture of an aging man who leads his life, as Thoreau said, in quiet desperation. Because Harmon Gordon is enslaved by a love affair with a wife 40 years his junior. In short, Mr. Harmon Gordon seeks a fountain of youth. And who's to say he won't find it? This happens to be the Twilight Zone. And this happens to be Ruta Lee, who was that fountain of youth, and still is. Hi, Ruta. Oh, you sweet man, you. You have picked... Two of my very favorite appearances in television. 
Twilight Zone was such a wonderful role. She was such a nasty little bitch. <laughs> and bitches are so much more fun to play than the goody two-shoes roles, you know. They're they're really great fun. I had, uh, oh, God, great, great time on that. Um, I have to tell you that my stockpile of animals has diminished a little bit. I lost this this year two of my pups, oh. but I still have two. Mm. Uh, of course, they're rescues, mm-hmm. and I still have two unbelievably big and wonderful cats, also rescues. They were born in a studio somewhere uh, over at Warner Brothers, and, and one of the grips brought them to me and said, here, you take care of them. And uh, and then I have, of course, my golden-crested cockatoo that is quite a character. Um, one of these days, Steve, you know, I've invited you before, and one of these days you'll take me up on it, and you'll come and I'll buy you a drink or two. And we'll play with my animals. I I would love to do that so very much. And I, I don't get out to L.A. often, actually. But, boy, if I do, you're the first person I call. And I want to ask you publicly about some sure. of these people that I'd ask you about privately, I suppose. I mean, this is the kind of thing that I think people want to know. So I'll just – I'm going to throw some names by you and then give me a couple of sentences about them. I'm going to begin at the beginning of the alphabet uh, with someone who I think she was one of the greatest comedians ever. And it's unfortunate that today a lot of people don't know who Gracie Allen was. Uh, You were on a George Burns Gracie Allen show, were you not? I did it more than once, and it was my very first job in television was the Burns and Allen show, which was hot, hot, hot at the time. Of course, that was when we only had three major networks and, and you know, a few local stations. Uh, they were wonderful people, and they came out of vaudeville into, you know, the Paramount Theater, et cetera, and then into uh, movies and then the television series. And talk about unbelievable writing. That was George Burns and, and the timing, which was Gracie Allen. I learned a great deal from them, and they liked me, and they... They really made me feel like an adult because I was all of 16 when I did my Were you really? Very young. I was in high school. And they would invite me to their beautiful cocktail parties that they would have, you know, where the garden would be filled with all sorts of elite, gorgeous, renowned stars. And I always felt so proud to be invited and be treated like an adult. Uh, they were wonderful. So I have nothing but great love and prayers for all of them. How about uh, Burt Reynolds? Wow, what a fun guy. I worked with Burt many times, but that was way before, at first, he was Burt Reynolds uh, when he was an up-and-coming, struggling actor like so many were, you know. And uh, I, I liked him. He was He was great fun to be with. Um, I just not long ago, like six months ago or so, went to the uh, unveiling of the statue at Hollywood Forever, which is that wonderful cemetery here in Hollywood where so many of the stars are laid to rest. And uh, it's a nice place to visit if ever you're in town. I mean, it's odd to say go to a cemetery, but that one's worth going to. Speaking of which, this is not at all a cemetery, and I don't want to forget to ask you, so I'll stop in the middle of every... I'll interrupt myself to ask you about the Hollywood Museum, which I know you're very much involved with. 
Wow, what a great jewel that is in the Hollywood crown. Uh, it's everything in one. My my girlfriend, Donnell Dadigan, uh, had this desire as a young woman to gather and keep wonderful things that should be saved for, for everybody to see and appreciate. Um, and her, her godfather was Jose Iturbi, and there were so many wonderful things there, and now she's doing something for the Iturbi Foundation, which is all part of the museum, with Michael Feinstein. They're putting together a whole big, wonderful uh, recording thing. And, but if ever you're in Hollywood, do not miss the Hollywood Museum, but don't just waltz through it. Take the day. Spend the day. You can go next door to Mel's Diner and have great hamburgers and walk right through. And then the Thalians has a shop uh, to sell Hollywood memorabilia uh, for money for our charity, the Thalians, and our uh, returning vets. So we invite everybody to come in and pick up a little something that has been donated by all the different stars that we can reach that will give us something to, to sell to make the money for the Thalians. Mel's Diner, isn't that from Alice, the TV show? Well, yes, they did have a Mel's in it, and, and Mel's Diner is very big here in Hollywood. Uh, and boy, do they make great hamburgers. <laughs> That's good. Uh, Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra was, to me, one of the angels God put on this earth. You never think of him as an angel, but I think not only is he an angel, he's an archangel. He's probably the most generous human being I've ever known, hmm. quietly so. Very few people realized how much good he did along the way. My girlfriend, Debbie Reynolds, was like that. She was also another generous person. Um, Frank naturally was volatile. He could be inflamed not easily. It would take his sitting at dinner somewhere trying to put a fork full of spaghetti in his mouth with somebody to come along and grab his arm or hand and slam it down and say, hey, Frank, let's have a picture, you know. Then he would get pissed. And I couldn't blame him. You know, I, I know that. But I know from my own experience that, that he was probably one of the best things that ever came into my life. And uh, I'm sorry to say that I never had an affair with him. <laughs> well, if we had more time, we'd list all the people you have had an affair with. <laughs> but we don't have time for that. Uh, no, we don't have time for that because I didn't have very many affairs. Let's put it that way. I was happily married for 46 years yes, yes. to a gorgeous guy. And, and uh, I'm sorry to say that he's now visiting with Frank up in heaven. Well, the name of the book that has so much more in it is called, appropriately, Consider Your Ass Kissed, the you know, legendary Ruta Lee. Go, go ahead, Ruta. I just wanted to say that the title came from my very good friend, George Pinocchio, who is the red carpet man for ABC television. And he said, you know, you use that expression all the time when people give you 50 bucks or 5,000 bucks or 500,000 bucks for the Thalians. What can I say except please consider your ass kissed? And he said, if ever you write a book, that will be the title. Well, when I did, I said, I'm sticking with it. That's the title. And, and it I is. mean it from the bottom of my heart to anybody who ever turned a television set on for me 
because I'm on or went to a movie to see me or came to a theater to see me or went to the thalians.org on your computer and sent in a few bucks, consider your ass kissed, baby. All right. We, we, well, can I consider mine kissed? Are you going to come yes, on with me? Yes, darling some, okay. boy. Yes, Stephen. <laughs> All right. Well, it's always a joy to talk with you. I'm so sorry we're out of time. We're past out of time. Legendary Ruta Lee, thank you so much. God bless everybody. Thank you.